What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is episode number 15, and this episode was actually filmed today, which doesn't often happen that we post the same day that we do an episode. We normally have things kind of figured out beforehand, but today's episode was so freaking good with my friend Sam, not my normal co-host Sam, another Sam I'm going to introduce you to, but It was such an amazing conversation. She is a psychologist. So she's been a psychologist for years, um, just recently kind of launched into her own practice, Champs Psychological Services. She really focuses, she can work with anyone, but she really focuses on the athlete, um, student athletes, someone that might have retired from being an athlete and the emotions and grieving that comes from that and transitioning into your quote unquote normal life. And there's just so many different factors that she can tap into, whether you're a parent or a player, or honestly, if you're not, if you're not either one of those, you'll be able to learn so much from our conversation as far as just the way our brain works and how just things come to be when it comes to stress, putting pressure on ourselves. Maybe we fail at something and how we can just accept it and move forward. And you, once she starts talking, you're going to be like, we need this girl on the podcast more. So we've already decided she's going to come back on for multiple different episodes. I know Sam from playing on an outdoor soccer team. I got on this women's team. Sam joined the team right around the same time in the last year. We just instantly hit it off. She's one of the hardest workers I've ever played soccer with. It's so much fun to play with her, and our energies just align. During soccer games, we literally end up talking about the most like intense, awesome conversations like during the game, and she's just someone that I've completely connected with, and I'm so excited to bring her to you. She's also a new personal trainer, so now she's really starting to morph the world of being a personal trainer and her psychological services. So it's really like I always say, obviously the mental piece and um, the way we handle things in our training and in the gym can really correlate to what we do outside of the gym. So you guys are going to get so much from this, whether you're one of my athletes, I want you listening to this, whether you're a parent of an athlete, you're going to learn so much from this. Um, Whether you're just at any stage of your life, you honestly will get something out of this. So I hope that you um, share. If you got something out of this, let us know. We plan to do a webinar together, maybe do something where we can have everyone in more of like a, just a setting where we could actually talk and have discussions about these topics. Um, something that's just really near and dear to both of our hearts and something we're very passionate about, um, helping our youth athletes and helping honestly, all of our clients in general, but this is such a population that I tap into with my training as well. So you guys are seeing to get so much out of this. I'm so excited. Make sure to follow Sam. Um, her stuff will be linked below, but her social media, I just want to make sure I say it correctly here is champs. Let me make sure. Hold on. I'm, I'm literally typing it in. Champ. Okay. Champs, C-H-A-M-P-S psych. So P-S-Y-C-H and then obviously she um, she's taking clients, but if that's not something that you're looking for, again, you're just going to get so much out of this. And now my dog's going to bark. And with that, we'll see you. <laughs> Enjoy the episode and we'll see you in the next episode. Say bye, Kita. So welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm so excited today. I have one of my best girlfriends, Sam. I don't know why I got a little country on us there, but we are in, Sam is the opposite country. She is the New England accent we've all been wanting on the podcast. Yeah, I'm (laughs) right here. Right here. So Sam is, actually I met, we were just talking about how we met. We were trying to figure out the day that we met, but um, I started playing soccer on a all women's. Well, first of all, I was playing a co-ed indoor league. One of the girls on my team was like, Hey, you want to play outdoor soccer? I was like, heck yeah. I miss it so much, blah, blah, blah. So I go, I play on this team, Sam, we're trying to figure out, she thinks she started after me. I do. I, and I said from day one, Sam, no, no offense to anybody else, but Sam, (laughs) just, just, we love you all. But Sam had this, like, she played like almost like that, like center back, but like center defensive mid position. And she just ran through people like a freaking train. And I was like, and she'd get me the ball. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, this girl is unbelievable. Like I want to be on Sam's team 
all the time. So like whenever I we- felt similarly. Oh, well, thank you so much. But oh, yes. the, gaz- like, that girl, the gazelle yes. in the front, and then we got the train coming through at the end. That, that. <laughs> the gazelle in the train. The gazelle in the train. But Sam instantly, we just connected, hit it off. Our energies were totally vibing, and then we kind of get more to know each other more and realize that. So, and out obviously, Sam, I want you to tell everyone what you do. But I realize Sam is a psychologist. She wants to work with athletes. She, she's obviously a form a play, soccer player. Um, and all of these things, obviously with my background, you all know that I have, you know, was, I almost said born and raised with anxiety, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, your nervous system might've been born with some anxiety. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it was there already, but, uh, so we started to really connect on these levels of like during a soccer game playing indoor, we would be like talking about like, your two different brains and how like all these things connect. And then like, I would talk to her about different clients and she would give me this amazing, you know, stuff on how I could use it toward with my clients. And I just think people are brought into your life for a reason. Preach. And I really think that there are people that you just align with right off the bat. And I'm so thankful that Sam was brought into my life. And I feel that way about that whole team because the team. Oh, Yes unbelievable of women, amazing women. Um, but Sam and I have that, had had that chance to really get below the surface of what my story was, what her story is, how we now are coming together and helping, um, you know, some of the same people, how we can work together on being a personal trainer with a background of anxiety, eating disorder, X, Y, Z, and then Sam coming in and working with athletes or working with and being able, how can we do this together? How can we mm. like get out there to the masses and help people? And I think for today's episode, we're going to really dive deep. And I wish we had five hours to do this. Oh, this, could yes. be, this could be like a part, part one of many, right? Series. The I'm- fusion series. Oh, our team's name's the fusion in case you were curious, but <gasps> okay. Cause we're fusing together. Yes. I mean, there's so much analogy there. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry well, guys. Sorry. I know you're listening created. here, but, um, this is, this is how Casey and I roll. This is it. We were going to do all these things and then time got in the way and now we're coming back again. And I just know we're going to do something. And I feel it deep in my soul of like, we're going to like, we're both boss babes. Like Sam is oh, going to talk yes. about this, but she just started her own business. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and let Sam tell us oh, never who she up. is. Never. Shut up. never sh- I don't, never um, but up. who she is. <laughs> who she is, what she does. And then we're going to talk all about, um, today is going to be talking about, uh, athletics and, uh, mental health. And a a lot of you that follow me and know me are moms of soccer players, moms of athletes. Also athletes in general are, are listening to my podcast. My athletes listen to this. Um, but also people that are just their everyday gym goers or whatnot, you're going to get a piece of what we talk about today, but Sam, Tell us yes. what you do. Lay it on us, girl. Well, first of all, I love you. Thank you for having me here. Um, and I did come second on the team. I think that is important to know. <laughs> you came after um, me, which I yes. swear, okay, we yes. figured it out, I think. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's fine. Um, so my name's Sam, as uh, Casey said, and I am a licensed clinical social worker and I'm a personal trainer. And so my big passion has always been student athlete mental health, because there is this really unique culture. Um, And when I say student athlete, I, like Casey said, just the athlete brain, right? If you're really into fitness, if you're really into, you know, just body work and excelling, that's the athlete brain. You didn't have to play a sport. You didn't have to be in college. Um, Although there are different levels to that. Um, So Yes, just like Casey, I'm tangential too, which is why we're we're sisters from another <laughs> mister. We really um, are. Yeah. Um, so I own and operate a business called Champ Psychological Services with the mission to provide uh, mental health treatment to student athletes and um, provide fitness to uh, people who do not identify as uh, athletes because movement and exercise is fundamental to our survival. And we'll get into a little bit around just the science of stress, because I think that's really important. Um, So um, I do individual sessions, groups, and uh, I'm starting to build some online curriculum 
Um, I really love working with the lifetime of the athlete. So I really love working with kids and playing sports and learning social skills and learning how to regulate our emotions when we lose, how do we communicate when we win. And then uh, working with individuals right now during COVID, um, which Casey and I'll get into uh, just around what your identity is, how do you maintain that team sport? How do you maintain that identity? Um, and for some people, their physical fitness while we're in a global pandemic. Um, but I also then work with the transition from either high school to college, so performance, so mindful training around how to excel, when to excel, when to get into the zone, um, and also how to be kind to yourself because athletes mm. aren't always um, the most compassionate beings. Um, no. So learning some, <laughs> learning some tools early on is important. And then also the, um, the athlete brain um, continues. So I also work with athletes when they are, you know, in retirement or injury um, because who you are shifts um, and there is a grief process with that. So I know that was a long winded. Oh my God. Uh, no, it made me so excited. I'm oh, like good. every single one of those topics could be a full freaking episode. And this is why Sam and I keep saying that our goal and even like it's, it's, it's sparking me right now. Cause I'm like, we need to do a webinar together and it's, it's going to happen. And so yep. look out for that. Cause we're putting it out it's gonna there. Be fusion. It's going to be called fusion. It's Yes, the fusion. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Can we? Try, I don't know if we, we should ask Anae. Can we? Can we use that? Is that a trademark? Make sure not. Yeah. But yeah, it. Every single thing. And and before I forget, Sam, your background, if you want to share, of being an athlete, oh, is what yeah. led you. Give me a little Great bit about yes. that. Sure, sure, sure. So um, I was, uh, you know, one of the only females in my neighborhood, and there was all males, and we used to play outside all day. Oh my day. god, same, same. No. No, no. not even kidding. I wore all my brother's clothes and just played with all the boys. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we were a boss baby then at the, at the, um, waiting for Mm -hmm. the bus, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, in high school I did, I played soccer, uh, basketball and track. And then, um, I decided to, um, play in college. And so I played, uh, soccer at Salve Regina in Newport, Rhode Island, and I loved it. And then during that time period, I was able to see that there was a lot of need with mental health, with uh, my teammates, just with myself. And I became really interested in the psychology of it. So I spent um, my 18 to 25, I'm 33 now, um, really just exploring what it means to be an athlete in a more meta way. And then I decided that I wanted to get my master's in social work and I wanted to get that because it was a versatile um, licensure. And so I did that um, and I worked in a variety of jobs. I, while I was in grad school, I did work with the New England Revolution Academy. And so it was really interesting to see this developmental model um, for player development from tactical skills. And in my head, while I was looking at this curriculum, I'm like, whoa, there's so many developmental, social, emotional things that could compound this. And so it was really cool to have that be my occupation while I was in grad school learning about the developmental model. Um, And so if you guys don't know, I also play on Casey's soccer team. Um, (laughs) We're called the Fuse. That's how we met. Yes. Yeah. We're going to fuse together. Oh my God. So good. Um, And Sam is such, you have like, if anyone's looking for (laughs) a psychologist in general, like Sam just has this way of like, even in just conversations, like friend, friend conversations of like being such a support. And she's so amazing at like checking in on me. Like, I'll be like, you know, like, you know, we're busy people and we're all over the place. And then Sam will be like, I'll just get a text from Sam. Like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, (laughs) Well, uh, and then I like (laughs) implode everything. I'm like, and then she'll just give like the best little, like, I think sometimes people could feel like stupid for feeling a certain way Mm. with like a friend, right? Especially someone who, who does this for a living. Like if I said something to you 
And I'd be like, oh, they're going to think, you know, whatever. But like with Sam, there is just no judgment. There is no like making you feel less than like, it's just like, Hey, here's what you're feeling. It's good. Let's like, I support you. Like, let's go. And I just like, I just love that about you. So I want to make sure I just threw that out there because you're just amazing. You're amazing. Chef's kiss. I was doing chef's kiss. That's everyone's favorite thing to do right now. I learned from all the teenagers. Speaking of teenagers, look at that segue. I'm such a podcast host. Um, I have about a million and one things written down again, this needs to be multiple episodes long, but, um, something that Sam and I have obviously connected on and talked about from an early time, whenever we first met and realized what both were so passionate about was obviously I train a ton of youth athletes. I was an athlete myself, soccer track, did not play basketball was not my strong suit, but, um, I would shoot with both hands, like a throw in and somehow it was very accurate that way. Yeah. But the one hand, when I was a phys ed teacher and I had to teach kids, I would miss. And I'd be like, you know what, boys and girls, it's okay to miss. See, like I would always, there you go. I used it to my advantage. Right. So I obviously have that background of health and phys ed, working with children, watching the developmental stages, watching the locomotor movement patterns, hop, skip, run, jumping, all these things that we use as I use as a trainer in the gym with my clients and my athletes. And we go really back to the basics. Right. And I, from being someone who has had, has been working through anxiety my whole life. Um, it's really interesting. I am so quick to pick up on things from kids when either I was being, when I was a phys ed teacher or when I'm training them now. Right. I, I, they're coming to me without realizing all they're getting from me because of the background that I have. So if a kid is very hard on themselves or, you know, they can't keep their balance, something that's really actually hard to do, right? Like keeping balance on one leg, I have trouble doing it. Right. And you see them either want to be better or you see them shut down and they're embarrassed and they don't, and they're like, oh, they're so frustrated with themselves. I'm, I'm very in tune with like, maybe where that's coming from. Does that come to other, does that happen from other areas of your life? Are you super hard on yourself with schoolwork? Are you super hard on yourself with relationships? Like it's amazing how fitness or training as an athlete correlates to so many different areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be interested from your perspective as like, do you think like, do you see that? Do you see that the way they act on the soccer field when they might miss a, a shot or, you know, or whatever in training, they, they fail quote unquote, do you see it also in other areas of their life? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head because, um, sports and athletics is a parallel to life. So how we treat ourselves on the field, court, rink, weight room it is how we treat ourselves off. But here's the twist. I'm a, I'm a twister. So I, I like looking it. at the upside of things. I like looking at, you know, yep. the positive spin on it. Um, because I have recently come to a place um, where I'm seeing the gray of anything. So there's a pro and con to any component of who we are. And so if we just look at the athlete brain, right? The athlete brain's motivation from an emotional standpoint is I need to excel, I need to perfect, and I need to look good doing it, and I need to be better than other people. That I mean, if we just look at the core, that's like, you know, um, a huge piece of it. Or the key piece is I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so when I think back to some of my really like intense intense training days, the motivation was that critical voice that was like, you need to push harder. You need to do more. You're not good enough. You're not good. Well, it gave me, what did it give me? It gave me excellence, right? I I got into the hall of fame in my high school. I did very well in college, but there's a strength in it and there's a downfall. And so that critical voice is still a part of who I am, right? but it doesn't always serve me. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I do. What do I think we need to do about it is own it, mm. right? Like, let's own it. Shame, if anyone hasn't looked at Brene Brown, she's incredible. She's a shame researcher. 
And so we, as whether you're a clinician, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a mentor, whether you're a personal trainer, whether you're a podcaster, like just own it, let it be. And it doesn't define you. So I'm a big person. Um, I haven't always been this way, but labels don't carry you. Um, it, it is not who you are forever. Um, and let's look at the strength of that particular situation. So I'll give you an example. My critical voice has pushed my body and my mind to places that were, were not healthy for me. Let's just leave it at that. But the strength of that is that I was able to figure out a way to comfort myself to use that benefit without it always. And I'm not saying it's, it's never going to be perfect, but that critical voice is so important to me because it's that motivational voice. It's right. But the tone of you're not good enough verse, Hey, Sam, you're working hard. Huh? You want that new number? Go get that new number. Okay. Let's roll. Very different tone. Mm -hmm. It's still that critical voice, but it's how we're using it. But athletes are trained. I mean, I remember, you know, in my high school, it was like, go hard or go home. Like tears or sweat. Wait. Yeah. It's sweat like, is um, tears leaving the body. Like all these yeah. like masochistic sort of motivational pieces, which they do motivate. Right. It, for sure. But, but at what point are we then not mindful of our body? Mm. Because if we're just pushing ourselves, right? Like I recall in my early 20s, I was doing some intense CrossFit and some intense lifting. I wasn't aware. I wasn't mindful of my body because I was so much in that critical performance brain that I was harming my body physically. Yes. Right? Yes. And, but there's a balance, man. There's a balance mm -hmm. and we all are trying to find it. Um, yeah. Long-winded answer. Hopefully I, your question. <laughs> I love all of your long-winded answers because they're so good. Do you see how passionate this chick is? Ah, I love you, Sam. But I it, love you it, too. You're literally speaking to my, and she's drinking out of like a Gatorade water bottle. Like she's on the sideline right now. You guys literally, I, this girl, it's this facts. girl, I'm over here sipping coffee. She's like down in Gatorade squirt bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, I, your facts. I was unconscious. I guess I'm bringing out that like inner. I that, that inner is you. Here, I'm like sweating. I'm ready sweating. to take my sweater off. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I literally take off layers before I start podcasting because yeah, well, I'm like, I sweat to death. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes. we get passionate, and yep. everything you just said, it's like I say this all the time. Is no matter if we're talking about every time we talk about being a trainer and working in the gym with people it all comes back to the, like the mindset and the mental piece of why people are showing up, why you're coming into the gym, why you're trying to get better, why you're training. And a lot of times for my like adults or, you know, people that aren't in a specific sport right now, it always starts with, I want to look differently. Right. Or I want to, I want to mm. lose weight. I want to, you know, I have that side of it. And then you know, they end up finding that, oh shit, you know, I like feeling strong. Like, oh, this is actually carrying over into my work life. And I'm actually more resilient because mm. I can lift this weight in the gym and my confidence is up. And that is what I say to so many people. And what I have seen firsthand with when I'm training, especially youth athletes, kids that have never maybe trained a day in their life, or sometimes kids that don't even play sports, right? They come their parents want them to maybe, you know, get in shape, quote unquote, or, you know, just, just move movement. Like they don't have a sport. So they come to the gym or whatever. And every time I have found their confidence when they leave is so much higher because they realize they can push past these obstacles that they never thought they could to begin with. Um, but I think what you said, what hundred percent true, it's when you, when you don't, when the balance is lost and you're just go, go, go get better, you know, all of these go hard, go home, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, whatever. It's like, we then lose 
why we're doing something. And it becomes more of, well, if I can get better doing this, then I'm going to do more to get better. And then I'm going to do more mm. to get better. And I'm going to do more. And then it just is never enough. Where does it yeah. end? Right. And then you end up burning out. And I've done it in my adult life of the same. So the, what, what you're saying too, is we have that side of us that it's so good to have motivation or internal drive to be better. That is a great quality to have, but when it's out of balance, you are tinkering with some explosives because Mm. you can take then yourself to an extreme of you're never good enough. You're never, that level is not good enough. I need to be better. So do you, what would you say to somebody who is out of balance? Who is this? Is this my this is the $20? No, $10. She's she's standing up. She's standing up over here. So, so what would I say? So, here's the thing I think I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to answer it in a way that may be not as concrete. No, totally. Okay. So, I have this firm belief of education. So, Let's say, for example, someone comes into my office. Now my office is a Zoom room and they are really concerned around, you know, I have a mom, I have a a client and they're concerned about the presentation of this teenager, right? It is very important when someone is imbalanced, right? They're reactive, freaking out, like really losing it to reassure. Okay. Because what can happen? So Casey and I talk about two brains. So we talk about an emotional brain. We talk about a um, intellectual brain. Typically when we're imbalanced, right? That's imbalanced. So one's the front and center. Um, And they usually vacillate and dance in between. So let's say I have someone who is, comes to me and they're like, I feel awful in my body. I am, I am seeing that they're talking from their emotional part. So my response is emotional, right? Because my job is not to balance it. Now I'm imperfect. I'm an imperfect clinician. um, So I'm sure I don't do this perfectly every time, but this is my theory and my mission is that we speak where that person is at. Mm -hmm. Because if I have someone who comes in and they're unbalanced and I tell them they're unbalanced, we're, we're causing more shame. Right. right. It almost looks like you're doing something wrong because you're imbalanced. Right. And so I tell all my student athletes or, or people who come to me for more of a like first time mental health, because COVID has really brought up a lot, is mm-hmm. what you're going through is normal and suffering is part of the human existence. That's just is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if we look at the athlete brain, the athlete brain is egocentric. Yes. Two things that are important to us are excellence and winning, being the leader of our tribe, for lack of a better analogy, mm-hmm. but also connecting with our tribe, right? And so when you then feel disconnected from your tribe because there is something defective about you, and you also then can't be the leader, right? Because there's something defective about you. Um, shame builds up. And so to answer your question, my piece is normalize because Mm. look, yeah, I'm a professional. Yes. But I have moments where I am also unbalanced. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend of mine who is a meditation teacher and, you know, she's often like, you know, you, you're going to get distracted. Like it's not, you know, I remember when I was, you know, my young 20s sitting at her table drinking coffee, like, what's going on? (laughs) You always come back to the breath. You always come back and you find your balance. You are going to get lost. You are going to get unbalanced. There is nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, And we all have it. So let's just own it. So step one is own it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So from a one to 10, did I answer your question? 10 being like, yes. One being like, Oh my God. No, 
11 because great. here's the thing. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> we're striving for excellence. Um, no, but for real it's because I see all of this firsthand and I also like, I look at, you know, and this is something I really do want to touch on that goes right with what we were just saying. But when I was younger, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, I won't put words in your mouth, but back in 2008, 2004 through 2008, when I was in high school, right? I don't know. Like I had a mom that was a personal trainer. I was a bratty teenager that would be like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. She would always try to be like, Hey, we should probably do a little strength training. We should probably do a little bit of this so that you don't get injured. Like she knew what the hell she was talking about. I just was a brat and thought I knew it all. And I was like, no mom, I'm not going to do any of that, you know, blah, blah. And so my mindset was so different than my kids now. Like the kids that I train, (laughs) they're coming in and I'm like, holy crap. Like I wasn't on that level of, of, oh, I'm going to do anything I can to be better. I just, I naturally was a fast kid. I just was genetically fast. I never really had to work for that quote unquote, but I look back and I'm like, there were so many pieces that I could have worked on to balance myself out as a full athlete. Corey's mm-hmm. leaving from his lunch break. Hello, bye, Corey. Bye, Corey. <laughs> Sam said bye. <laughs> so I look back at Casey in high school, right? And I think, not that I was, I never thought I was like the best. I just knew that I had some natural abilities and I never one, I never thought I needed to do anything else to be even better. I was just like, I'm good where I'm at, you know, like I'm, I'm fine here. But I also look back at 2004 through 2008 Casey. And I'm like, I literally was so much less like my anxiety in high school was so much less than when I was obviously younger dealing with things because I didn't have a lot of pressure on me. Um, my, my parents, my dad was a former almost MLB baseball player athlete. So he was at a very high caliber of an athlete and he was so good at letting me just like, he was never over my shoulder being like, you aren't good enough. You can do better. My, my mom over here, who's the trainer was like, Hey, you should do these things because they would benefit you. But she never like forced me into it. And so I was almost, I had this balance of wanting to perform to make them proud. Like I loved when my dad was like proud of me and would be like, Hey, like, I'm like, he would watch my track practice and be like, oh man, like you were doing some, like that looked really great. I loved that feeling because I knew my dad was at such a level in his past that that meant so much to me. But I think nowadays, like I look back and I'm like the pressure of schoolwork and I always was kind of okay being average. Like I was okay being graduated I had 500 kids in my class. I graduated at like 256. I, yeah, I was I, like right in the middle and I was you. perfectly fine with it. Like I, I, then once I got to college and I got into my major and what I was passionate about, I was Dean's list 4.0 because I was into what I was learning, but mm-hmm. I was always a very like entrepreneur, even in high school. Like I might do something different than everybody else, or I'm okay being right here. Not that I didn't try because I gave it everything I had, but I didn't have those external pressures that kids do now. And I'm not blaming parents. Like, this is not what this is about. But what I want people, I think that from a psychologist's point of view is taking into account or speaking on the pressures kids are under now. Like for me to get into college, I was, I just glided right in because I had this, I had the score to do it. I didn't have to take the test again because I got average. Like I was an average kid. But looking back, I had a ton of potential that I don't think I tapped into, but I also wasn't pressured or forced into it. I was encouraged and supported, but I was never like, if I made a mistake, if I got pulled out of a game, my dad, after the game, we'd get in the car. And this is someone who was at a very high level athlete in his life. And he would say to me, 
I'd be all mad. I'd be like, oh, the coach put me on the bench and blah, 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 blah. I would be angry at the coach, right? And he never played into it. And he would say, hey, why'd you get pulled out? That was it. And I'd be like, well, you know, and I had a reason. Oh, I wasn't really doing what we had practiced, blah, blah. Okay, so how do you get better? And I'd be like, and I used to get so mad because I knew Mm. he was right. He was, he took it from, hey, there was never a feeling of shame. There was never a feeling of how dare you? It was just, hey, let's think about why he put you on the bench. There has to be a reason why. And so I learned so much and I'm so thankful for that experience. But I feel like nowadays it, it, there's so much pressure and there's, and there's mm. so much, um, and I'm not even saying just from parents, but I'm just saying in general, I didn't feel that in high school. And I don't know if you did, but I'd love for you to talk about what kids are feeling now in 2021, obviously throwing in COVID is a very different thing. Mm. We didn't have any mm. of that going on, obviously, but the pressure they put on themselves to get good grades, I feel like things are harder now. Like they mm. have to perform differently but I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm talking from a place of experience, but also when I see the kids that I train right now, the pressures they put on themselves at such younger ages, I'm like, dude, I must've been dancing in the clouds in high school. Cause I just was so not in that same place. And so I, I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you a little bit cause I'm a challenger. So I think yeah. it, it's hard for us to speak to who we were completely totally. in year X, right? Totally. Because it's like, looking back, there's hindsight, right? And I don't, honestly, I don't think you were a brat. I think that you were <laughs> responding in an adolescent way. And I think, I think that's your balance part of being critical and judging yourself like back then. And we, and we all have that part of us. And totally. so I'm going to answer this question in um, twofold. I, the first answer is I don't know because I'm not living it. Right. Right. I can only, I can only tell you what I'm living as a 33 year old, uh, professional woman sitting here. What I can tell you what I'm seeing now to compare, not sure. Um, I'm going to make an educated guess of yes, there's more pressure, but I'm going to give you kind of a, a macro overview of why there may be more pressure, mm-hmm. um, from a macro point of view and then from a, um, evolutionary point of view. So what do you want first? You want the evolutionary or you want the macro? Oh, girl, just go with it because I know it's going to be good. All right, so I'll go I'll go macro level. So if we okay. think of scarcity, so so when we think of the word scarcity, what do we think of? Like things not, scarcity is like things not going to be there coming to a close. Yeah. You're yeah, not going to have totally. enough. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. So at this point, the world is smaller than my world was. Now, I can't compare that emotionally, but I can talk about pragmatically. I had to wait umpteen minutes for that little yellow AOL guy to run across the screen (laughs) to get on the internet, right? And God forbid my mom picked up the phone to call her best friend, Jan. It's like, now I'm kicked off. Now my guy's disconnected. Like, what is happening? I'm going right back to that moment in my life too. Yep. Where, like, I have two nieces who I adore, right? Their world is smaller. Mm-hmm. because they have access to everything on their phone, right? Mm-hmm. There's no wait to have that little yellow guy run across the screen. They can access whatever information they want quickly as they want. They can see people's lives in an instant, right? And they can see their lives and they can filter their lives. And so I think that's one part, right? The world is smaller. There's a benefit. Hey, pros and cons. There's a benefit to it, but there's a con. Because you and I, we had time to unconsciously process information while that little yellow guy was running across right Mm. like huh I wonder if my boyfriend's on huh I wonder if I wonder if he I wonder if he sent me a little oh maybe he did I had time to sit with that and be uncomfortable now let's say my niece was having the same internal thoughts and the internal nervousness she doesn't have to wait Mm -hmm. so so she her nervous system is not learning patience, right? And so in in the way that my nervous system learned it. And so now we add much more of um, society. So we look at just the world as a whole, right? Everyone's racing for the vaccine. People are diving in dumpsters. Like there's just just a scarcity mindset that 
I'm sure existed forever, right? But like, it, it's becoming more and more apparent um, that we as a country, we as individuals, we as family, like we don't have enough. Mm. Um, and so with that, the adolescent brain is narcissistic in a lot of cases, right? Mm -hmm. um, is not, their whole brain hasn't developed yet. So, so the, the balance between risk and benefit is not fully there. Um, but yet what they're seeing is that they need to be excellent, right? They, they need to be, um, or they fail because everyone else is excelling because mm. I can filter my life the way you want it. And we don't own failure anymore. We don't discuss it. Um, I mean, mm. I remember getting kicked off my first soccer team, right? I, I got cut. It was gut-wrenching and it was horrible, right? We, we don't see that all too much anymore, right? So it's like at one time we're trying to nurture everyone's emotional components and want everyone to feel included. And at the other, we're, we're, we're also simultaneously um, not allowing them that luxury of failure, mm. right? So what I'm seeing is this is the first time that there is failure, Right. A lot of my new kids, this is the first time I'm, I'm awful. I'm this. Oh no. Right. Um, and it's not their fault, right. That they don't have the little yellow guy. And obviously there's many more reasons, um, that the world is different today than, um, back in whatever year, 33 years right. ago or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's one answer. The other answer that I want to make sure I get through today, because I'm like, for whatever reason, this speaks to me. Um, yes, do it. There's um, two brains, right? We have the primal brain. It's right back here. It's been in existence since our first ancestors a long, 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 long time ago, right? And so let's honor that stress reaction. Let's honor that brain. That brain has the amygdala in it. And the amygdala is the size of a pea. And that's our alert system. It's a little bit more complicated if you're a, like a true neurologist, uh, but I'm giving you the layman's terms that I know in my area of expertise. So and the amygdala- I understand, thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, but like, I'm not, that's not my area of expertise. It's no, just, totally. I, I know a little girl. bit of it. It's cool. A little bit of the um, little side of pea. A little bit, a little bit. So it's a little <laughs> pea in the back of our head and it shoots out alert signals that we're in danger. It's excellent, right? Now, thousands and thousands of years ago when we were in caves, um, if you believe that, um, and a saber-toothed tiger came out, our alert system was fired. And what our alert system told us is that we were gonna survive. That's what it, that's what it was designed to do, right? So it's shooting off all this adrenaline. It's, it's causing our pupils to dilate so we can see better. Um, it's causing our heart to beat really fast so we can fight or flee or freeze, right? Freeze is a survival because it keeps us hidden, right? Oh, I'm gonna freeze him with this tree so I can survive. So our primal brains were created to have us excel, okay? But now, because we still have that part, there aren't saber-toothed tigers. There are situations of fight or flight I, that there is still danger out in the world um, and it can be activated, but the problem with the amygdala is knows no difference between a saber-toothed tiger and a thought that a friend's having about me. It's the same, it's the same chemical reaction. It's the same biological a, reaction. A coach is having about me or a parent's yeah. having about me or a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I, maybe I didn't get into school. Like it feels that real, right? And so then when we feel it, we don't know why it's here. We then say, well, there's something wrong with us. And then that critical athlete part gets a fuel of fire that doesn't serve us, right? So, so that part of us, which is called our sympathetic nervous system for layman's terms, existed. So how, did, how do you stop it? How do you, what's the antidote to that, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look when we were in caves and saber-toothed tiger came out, we're alert systems up. What happened is our body reacted. Our body would fight, flee, freeze. Then we looked around, there was no more danger. Our parasympathetic nervous system came about. Now, what happens because just like my nieces, right? They're world smaller from a technological standpoint. There is no saber-toothed tiger in that moment. So we're not burning that energy. And 
there's going to be 73 other saber-toothed tigers, right? Because every day you have to go to school, you have to make friends, you want to look good, you want to do this. So it's just, they're coming from everywhere. And so your body doesn't, hasn't, some people's body hasn't learned the parasympathetic nervous system, right? And so I teach everyone, usually the first session, it's like, here's the science of stress. Here's what could be going on in your body. It's just a generic term because we all know what stress feels like. We all know what adrenaline feels like. And so how do we activate that in modern society? Now, once again, I'm not a complete expert on this, but what I, what I teach everyone is just natural breathing exercises. So for example, one that I always use is called four, seven, eight. What that means is you breathe in for four through your nose, you hold for seven, you breathe out for eight, and you do that with four rounds. Because what message you're sending to your nervous system is I'm okay, all right? But the message that your nervous system is telling you is that you're gonna excel, you're gonna make it. But in modern society, we have turned that into I am bad, mm. something's wrong with me, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that piece, let's learn the science of stress, let's own it. We all have it. We all have the amygdala. We all have a primal brain, right? We all are activated differently. Great. We have a parasympathetic nervous system. Now, one thing I always tell people is movement is important because our ancestors would have to hunt and gather. And so they were exercising 10 to 12 miles a day. Mm-hmm. So their parasymp- their sympathetic nervous system was going off, but their parasympathetic calming down because they're burning that energy. But with COVID, we have a more sedentary lifestyle. Anxiety has increased because we haven't moved and we haven't connected because the two antidotes, in my opinion, to stress is movement and movement, even if it's the breath and connection right? Because we were safe in a group. And so those two things have been on the back burner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So roundabout way of answering your question. There it is. That, so I think from what I, like, if you bring it to Casey level, it's like, I think that what they're feeling and I know you have to go shortly, but I think that what they're feeling, if the more, and I've always, and I've like learned this more as I've gotten older, but the more that we understand what we're feeling. So if, if it pops in and you fail, you have a bad game, right. And you're like, I'm the worst, I'm not good enough, whatever. But if we understand why we feel that way, it changes the narrative a hundred percent. And it's like, no, 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 I'm not, not good enough. Correct. I'm just like literally chemically feeling this way based on what had happened during this game. But if you can take ownership of that and be like, okay, this is why it's coming from it. Nobody else is creating this feeling for me. I'm creating this feeling that I'm feeling. Therefore it's dictating the way I feel after. But if you are taking ownership, like, Hey, okay. Didn't have the best game doesn't mean I'm not good enough. I'm just naturally feeling the way that my brain is working because mm. we lost. It really does switch into a lot more of a lighter feeling about it than beating yourself to the ground because you didn't win. Right. Right. Or because your coach is mad at you or because of this, it's uncomfortable. Like, like I tell everyone, I'm like, I get uncomfortable. Like when things come up for me and I'm activated, like, I don't want to be here. Like, it's not like anyone's like, please, please let me sit in this. I mean, there are some people, but um, right. that's another, that's another podcast. Um, but um, yeah, but I think the key thing to it is also um, with self-compassion, it's really about understanding that we're suffering right now and it can be whatever it is, but also that others are also suffering because when we're suffering, we think it's just us. And now when we come back to that teenage brain, right? It, it literally, we think it's just us. Um, and so it's important that we're all a community. We all have primal brain. We all have an amygdala that activates that is here for us to have a survive. And sometimes it's imbalanced and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how we started this whole thing was just owning it own it. 
just own it. Own that it's coming into your life. Own that it's happening. Own that you're feeling it. And then from there, it's like, okay, the, the ceiling didn't fall on me. The clouds didn't drop. I didn't get struck by lightning. We're going to move on. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. We're yep. going to excel the next day. And I think that that is number one for so many people. Just own it. Own what you're feeling and work through it and move and show up. And it will continue to disintegrate more than feel like it's this massive mountain that you need to climb. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and never suffer alone. Right. So it's like, right. you know, if you need, there is, I think every human should have a therapist. I think it should be a mandate with <laughs> schools. I mean, I just think that we, everyone needs to learn context of who we are, what makes us tick, what does shame feel like? What does pride feel like? How do we embrace, like, I mean, it just makes us beautiful creatures. Right. Yeah. So, so get help if you need it, connect to others, if you need it, know you're not uh, um, alone. Um, and yeah. And Sam's going to come back on the podcast. So with that, oh my God, I feel like I just got so much from this too, but Sam, I knew it was going to knock this out of the park, but I have so many notes and so many different topics I want us to talk about. So we'll do it another time and we'll, sure. we'll bring you on and I honestly think I'm just going to upload this today because I think it needs to be heard and it needs to be out there. And I'm, I know so many athletes I'm working with right now. Um, and just people in general that need to hear this message from you. And it's just part one and we're going to, we can get deeper into this and we can talk more about this, but this is needed right now. This is, this is, there's hope you're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. You're going to look back one day and be like, wow, like I thought that was a mountain, but it's really just a tiny little hill I had to overcome. But it surely feels like a mountain right now. hundred percent. Surely does. And you're not alone. And that's, that's everything. So where can they find you, Sam? What's your web? I'm going to put it all in the show notes, but still say it. Um, so champpsychologicalservices.com. Um, and I just started an Instagram, so go follow yes. it. I'm not that really good at Instagram. I'm trying <laughs> to, you know, get some mentorship from Casey around that. I but, did. Um, We're doing go it. follow. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That's, That's where they can find you. Oh my gosh. We love Sam already. Oh. You're going to be my next Coco co-host. We already have a co-host, co- Sam. So you can cool. be Sam too. And then we have no. Heather. So we yeah. have multiple Listen, co-hosts on Connection. This. That, listen, it's all about connection. It right? really is. You got a tribe. We got a tribe. Say it all together. I love it. I love you. I love, I love you. We're going to bring you back. And I will literally put this up today because people need this right now. So it'll upload this afternoon. This is a live show. I don't know if yeah, I've ever done that. Like, live. We're a pre-live yeah, show. Minutes. Well, it's 131. So I know. Sam has. No, I know this. This, uh, I have to run and for real, go pick up a target pickup before they like put all my groceries back. But when I get back, it's going to be uploaded and it's going to be the next week's episode in the next week. And then everyone can follow you on Instagram, which is gonna be a beautiful thing. Great. Beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. All right, guys, Sam's going to come back. Don't worry. I know you guys want more from her. I do. I'm like, oh my God, we have so many things I want to talk about and it's all, oh, she's going to be so good. So thank you so much, Sam. Hey, thank you. I love you so much. Miss you. Bye.